Hello, everyone. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, today's text is First uh, Thessalonians chapter five, verse sixteen to eighteen, or Psalm one forty-seven. So I will share mostly on First uh, Thessalonians chapter five, and then Sharon will share on Psalm one forty-seven. It just happens to be that way. Uh, when I think about rejoice always, pray without ceasing, giving thanks in all circumstances. It requires practice, so it doesn't come that easily. But when you keep practicing, it will make our lives really grounded into unchanging reality. Because when you think about our lives, the way that we are saved, and what God has done for our lives, indeed it warrants uh, joy, prayer, thanksgiving all the time. And rejoicing, praying, thanksgiving, they should be a default baseline and backdrop of our lives. That's why it says we should do this all the time. It doesn't mean that we have to do this every single minute, but it means that it has to be baseline and the backdrop of our daily life. And when I think about uh, rejoicing always, it really boils down the joy of salvation. And we need to think about uh, shadow of death every day in order to appreciate joy of salvation. Ironically, right, when we think about death every morning, we will be joyful about the reality of our salvation. It is such a good news and comfort that we don't have to worry about death, uh, eternal separation from one another. Uh, one way of looking at death is that we are all separated from one another. We don't remember each other anymore. Uh, love in life, anything good and meaningful in uh, life would entail profound sadness because eventually we have to say goodbye to everyone and every good thing. Right? For Christians, but because of our joy of salvation, because of the blood of Jesus that uh, redeems us from death, we have a total access to eternity and our lives are all set. So now we can see death uh, like sending somebody to a new place where we would join sooner than later. Uh, last night, um, my wife was looking for some uh, text document, and then she happened to find a handwritten letter to her from my mom long time ago, probably even before we had Michael. In that letter, she explained to her, some instant happened in our family as a way of uh, helping her understanding what's going on in our uh, family. Reading her words in her own handwriting uh, brought me a lot of memories on her. And she passed away four years ago, uh, right before our winter retreat at that time. But after reading her letter, I didn't feel too sad uh, because I actually know that I will see her again. And I, I, mean, I was very encouraged by the fact that um, we will see each other uh, sooner than later. And every new year is telling me I am one year closer to seeing her, also seeing a lot of others. Actually, without gospel, getting aged would be a sad reality because every year you will lose some loved one. They are going over to the other place where um, nothing there, uh, or according to the Bible, of course, that there will be judgment and total separation from one another. But... Uh, God granted us this amazing saving grace so we can rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and giving thanks in all circumstances. So joy and relief from fear of death and uh, liberation from sorrow of losing loved ones uh, enough reasons for us to rejoice always. And this is the most compelling reason why we want our loved ones to be on our side by receiving God's grace. 
God is good. He is gracious. He cares about all these numerous stars that no one cares about. And any marginalized, broken-hearted ones at the corner of the street, God cares. And then that God is our Heavenly Father. What a enough reason for us to rejoice always. Amen. Uh, one thing I learned from this Psalm 147 is to give praise for nature, the ecosystem that we live in that we usually take for granted. Stars, clouds, rain, earth, grass, hills, beasts, food, young ravens, wheat, snow, wool, crystals of ice, wind, waters. All these things were here before we were born. Through nature, through the ecosystem, God had been feeding billions of people for all generation. I was struck by verse 14. He makes peace in your borders. He fills you with the finest of the wheat. It is so true for you and me, especially this generation of people living where we live, that he gave us peace and has filled us with the finest of the wheat. There have been many people who did not enjoy peace in their borders, who died from hunger. And yet we forget that God is the one who built the whole ecosystem and gave us the sustenance each day. We say grace every day before our meal, but we might have lost the genuine gratitude and praise that is fitting and proper to God, our sustainer and helper. And also thinking about his relationship with us, he's someone who builds up Jerusalem, gathers the outcasts of Israel, heals the brokenhearted, binds up the wounds, lifts up the humble, takes pleasure in those who fear him, takes pleasure in those who hope in steadfast love, strengthens the bars of your gates, blesses your children within you. Do you recognize that God is doing this? Just looking at my life alone, yes, he gathered me, healed me, bound up my wounds, he humbled me, gave me grace, he worked in my life to fear him and hope in his safest love. This is an experience of all of us if we take a step back and recognize his hand in our lives. What a loving God our Heavenly Father is. But the scary parts are, he casts the wicked to the ground. He does not take pleasure in the legs of a man, explaining that this is our competence, right? Uh, we want to trust in our legs and our competence, and God is saying that's nothing. Um, the big picture of the psalm here is that God is a sustainer and provider. He's our healer and father who blesses us, and how foolish is our obsession with our competence. So let's praise God, for it is fitting. All right, that concludes our DT today. Bye. Goodbye.